You are listening to This Is Us Podcast, Season 1, Episode 13, brought to you by Joanne the Life Coach Podcast Production, with Joanne Philomena, best-selling author of Widowed, and host of Weight Coach Podcast and Widowcast Podcast, and co-hosted with Rachel Nachmius, best-selling author of The Face of the Business. Welcome back, everybody. Tonight, we're doing episode 13, Three Sentences. This is Joanne. And this is Rachel. Hey, Rachel. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Now, this episode overall, you know, we were coming off of last week, which I really loved that episode, that one that Ken Olin did. Yeah. I know there's a few people that didn't like it, but I think... Most of the opinion I saw on Facebook was everybody loved that episode. Yeah, I think I think it was a really touching episode um, that was very well constructed and gave us some really interesting insight into the series and the characters as a whole. Right, I think so. So coming off of that episode into this week, I just felt this one overall was a little lackluster. Yeah, I didn't I didn't actively dislike it and I didn't find it confusing in the way that I found episode 11. Yeah, right. Um so so like and it, it was nice to like after last week be back in with um you know the kids as adults again. Um but I there was there was some weirdness um as well. Like it wasn't I know what you're saying. Yeah. It, it wasn't yeah. like by far, like, we're at 13 episodes, and this one was probably not even in the top five. Well, you know, I think what it was, I think there was too much time spent with the whole birthday parties thing. Yeah. With them as, you know, 10-year-olds. Yeah, I kind of couldn't totally get the point on that plot point either. Or, like, they didn't make a really solid connection to to what was happening in the the you know, 2017 timeline. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I, I felt like, for example, um, you know, there was this whole story around, you know, like how that party situation went for Randall. And like, we didn't really get a connection to what was happening with him in the present day with that storyline. Not with that storyline, but we, do get an answer for why the three birthday parties in the present timeline. Right, right. I don't know. Maybe you didn't glom onto that. I did. Um, we'll jump there when we get there. We open with the one-year-old birthday, which is, I guess, where that banner first originated. Rebecca must have made that banner. Presumably. That had that big happy birthday and all three of their names and Big Daddy. Yeah. Yeah, and they kind of cycle us through. You see the banner again, their fifth birthday. They're playing pin the tail on the donkey. It's a three-layer cake. There's another birthday that's a big cake of the three different flavors. Yeah. Fighting with wrapping paper afterwards. Yeah, it's just like sort of the most kind of like picturesque family birthday, you know. Right, right. Uh, Then we see present day, not present day, sorry. We see Jack and Rebecca in their bedroom. Mm -hmm. I just say, you know, baby, I just can't do it. And, you know, they're turning 10 tomorrow. Right. Um, And Kate and Kevin barge in to call a meeting. (laughs) We're calling a meeting. Now, my impression was this was like the night before their birthday. Yeah, a lot of people pointed that out and were trying yeah. to figure out, you know, why, um, like, why wouldn't they at least have written the line like, oh, they're turning 10 this weekend or something? I know, I know. Um, so they want their own parties this year. They're too old for pin the tail on the donkey. She wants a Madonna party. Sophie's her best friend and loves Madonna. Yeah. Kevin wants a princess bride party. 
Where'd she go? A little boy wants a princess bride party. Yeah, I, I could. It didn't come together for me for sure until the end. Not at that point, for sure. Randall, they get Randall in there, and he's like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, but, and then he says the school has a rule that if you have a party, you have to invite the whole class. Mm hmm. The whole class. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and and then he just wants the magician. <laughs> I thought that was cute. He's yeah, like, can hey, I get right the magician? Can cool. I have the magician? All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that. Yeah. Um, then we see Kate in the office with her consultant for the gastric bypass surgery. Yeah. And she says, what about the first week of February? And Kate says, the first week of February or never. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that with, what she just went through with Toby. Yeah. He doesn't think they're ready for one of them to have a surgery again so soon. Yeah. Also the timeline on a gastric bypass would never be that short because presumably it's early January at this point. And, yeah. um, and she just first had the consultation after Thanksgiving. There is no way you get in. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. In two months. I think you go through several months of losing weight on your own first. For you sure. absolutely do. Like at least probably six months of yeah. a timeline before yeah. the initial consult. That's true. So her counselor recommends an immersive weight loss experience mm -hmm. that's available in upstate New York, month long mm -hmm. program. Mm -hmm. um, and Kate says fat camp, <laughs> fat camp. Have you been to, have you, have you ever been to one? I have. No, I haven't. Have you? Yes, I have. It was not like the one that it was nothing like the one Kate went. Well, it was maybe a little bit like it. I I I would have liked to go to Kate. So I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Kate, when they're driving, Toby's driving her to the camp, yeah. right? And she's asking, "Are you sure it's okay for me to do this?" And he says, "Yeah, we're gonna have our whole life together." But she's all excited about it, and she's talking about working out and puking and having a skinny bitch trainer. Oh, yeah, because she thinks she's going to The Biggest Loser. Right, right. Um, and, she, and Jillian Michaels is going to be there screaming over her. Right, right. I think that's how she was visualizing it. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to work out with a bucket next to you so that if you work out so hard, you're going to vomit and get all the toxins out of your system, yeah. all that awful stuff. Yeah. Um, Toby is going to hang out in New York City for a bit because he's not cleared apparently to fly back to LA right after his heart attack. Mm -hmm. So he's going to hang out. Yeah. What else? We go to seeing Randall in the morning in the kitchen with Beth when William comes downstairs in really high spirits. Right. Saying he feels better than he has in months. Right. So apparently he's off the chemo and Beth tells Randall, this is the chemo boost. Yeah. Happened to my he's dad sort of when like, he stopped his. Yeah. He's, he's sort of like high almost. Because, yeah. I um, guess, you know, when your body's not being poisoned anymore with it, yeah. that you would get that, you know, that burst of energy, that high, because all of a sudden you're starting to have energy again. Right. Um, even though we know that's not going to go on and on forever, I guess there maybe would be that, that short window, um, yeah. where he just starts feeling better as soon as he stops doing the chemo. Sure. Now, Randall is a little late getting to work to his meeting. And apparently there's a new guy coming in to help on a project. Right. And Randall's freaking out about this a little bit. Like, do you think maybe his boss knows he's dealing with his dad dying and he's trying to take some of the pressure off of Randall? I don't know. Like, I was trying to figure out what were they trying to storytell around with this plot point? Yeah. Because, you know, he's bringing this other guy in to help on projects. You can tell right away Randall feels real threatened by that. Yeah. Like, no, and like, no, I can still do my job, you know. <laughs> like, I guess we're supposed to um, have a sense about Randall in general that he is competitive, like maybe starting from his relationship with his brother. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, I just felt like that was one of those moments where I know I've talked about Chekhov's gun before. Like, you don't show us Chekhov's gun and then not have it go off in the third right. act. Right. This was right. like 
they showed us Chekhov's gun with this whole work situation that seemed very intense and very important. Oh, my God, you don't think he's going to lose his dad and his job? No, I don't think they're going to do anything with that. I think it was just bad writing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so reassured, Rachel. Just oh like God! So Randall, Randall really was pushing to show how on it he was going to be, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and then he's in his office trying to sweat out this proposal or whatever it is he's working on. When William shows up, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, "This, you know, look at the view from this office. I haven't been this high since the nineties." Hey, yeah. Made me laugh. And Randall wants to go accessorize his wardrobe. Yeah. Right. Over, over to you, Rach. No. <laughs> right. I, I I just thought, like, I I did get it in the end, but that was, like, such a weird way for him to put it. Like, he clearly, like, like we, we're going to find out later why he wanted the things he's asking for. Right, right. Um, but it was just, like, at the time as I'm watching this scene, I'm like, William wants to what? Like, I just, I, I just couldn't. Get it, yeah. And then he blatantly plays the I'm dying card, <laughs> right? Which also seems it's kind such of... such a nice day, and I don't know how many more of those I'm going to get. And he... Randall says, well, I, can, I can't say no to that. And he says, no, you can't. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess he was being cheeky about it, and maybe that would be something William would do. But, like, yeah. I don't know. It was, a, it was an awkward scene for me. It was, it was. But, you know, I think what they were trying to show us was his trying to pry Randall out of his office because he really wanted to do this thing. And we know Randall is, like, totally under the gun to get this thing done before the other guy does, right? Right. So they're kind of doing that juxtaposition there. I don't know that they carried it through real well. Yeah, I guess maybe they were trying to to demonstrate um, that how much it means to Randall to like, um, you know, be there to do these things. Yeah. With William, you know, in the time that he has left, but I just felt like it was a little, it was a little awkward. The pieces didn't quite come together. Like the, just the storytelling was a little disjointed on this plot line in this episode. I think so too. I think so too. Um, Kate, meanwhile, back at the ranch, they kind of show her a little quick montage of her in meditation and then out on a hiking trail with everybody. And then she's in that class with the sticks, which I found that hilarious when, you know, she clearly couldn't lean down to hit the sticks on the floor when they were doing the stand-up thing. Right. And then he bent over and started drumming on the floor, and she, like, dropped the sticks right then. Like, I'm out. I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> she leaves. It's like, nah, we're not doing this. Yeah. I mean, I think this is this is a pattern with Kate, though, that, um, and it's something that, it's a place where I've definitely been, where, um, like, you kind of act like you're snarkily above things when you just, um, really just, like, are are afraid of what will happen if you go all in on them. Right, right. Yeah. Which, that's what she was doing, because she went right outside, called Toby. She's apparently talking to his voice message, saying, you know, you have to come get me. This They're just crazy here. Right? Yeah. And that's when the stable boy shows up and hangs up her phone. Yeah. And says, your voice annoys my horses. Honestly, can I just tell you, if you are at any actual one of these kind of facilities and one of the employees was acting like that and you reported them, they would be fired instantly. This is so inappropriate. I can't, the way that this guy is acting, I cannot even totally believe. Totally inappropriate. Totally inappropriate, for sure. Yeah. And we get to that. But he gives her this whole speech about the camp being pointless. You know, these people come here, they lose a few pounds, learn how to roast Brussels sprouts, and they think they're transformed. But you and I know that nobody changes like that. Yeah. 
Okay, so he pisses off Kate about her quitting. Mm-hmm. Which, it worked. She got pissed, and she went back in the drumming class. Yeah. Right? So I think we're going to find out. I don't think he's just a stable guy. I think we're going to find out more than about him. Yeah. I wonder if he's not like a participant and not an employee somehow. That's the only (gasps) way. That would be interesting. Yeah. That's the only way I can make sense of what's happening with this character. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with his whole speech about the camp being pointless. Yeah, it's just like... If you're employed there, you don't want to drive clients away. (laughs) Because you're not going to get... You're not going to have a job if the whole place shuts down. Yeah. I mean, at this... I'm already at the point where, like, I think people were... People who are not me, who were like this with Olivia, like you were like this with Olivia from the first moment, from uh, the yeah, yeah. first episode with this guy. I hate him. I think he's disgusting, <laughs> and I hope they get rid of him as soon as possible. I don't think you're alone. From <laughs> from what I've seen posted on Facebook, everybody like hates this character immediately. Oh my god, hates them. But I, mean, I know how shows can take a character, make you hate them, and then turn them around and make you love them. Yeah, maybe so. You know? But they're yeah they're they're setting up a difficult face turn for this guy because clearly he's coming out as a heel. Um, so <laughs> oh, big, 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 big. Anyway, she goes back to drumming class, and we see her. She gets back on the floor, because now they're sitting down, and they're doing the sticks and rhythm. And the instructor's talking about letting it all out. And we see her start flashing. They give us a flashback of her looking at her mom's size small blouse and her sweater being extra large. Mm -hmm. And the note at the swimming pool from her friends with the pig face on it. Yeah. And you notice it's signed by Sophie, too, by uh-huh. the way. Yeah, that's a good best friend. Yeah. Yeah. They show her flashing on voguing with her dad on her birthday after her friends deserted her. Right. Which we haven't really got to yet. Yeah. But I'm out of order on this. <laughs> then she flashes on Jack's funeral. Yeah. It's a right. And we've seen this. And she screams out harshly in the class. And the instructor says, are you all right? And she shakes her head, no. (laughs) Just, no, I'm not all right. And, like, we see throughout those moments in the past that whenever she felt like she, you know, wasn't wasn't good enough and, um, or, you know, wasn't, wasn't pretty enough, wasn't thin enough, wasn't popular enough, it was always Jack who was there. And... And she's the one who has the urn. Like, let's not forget about that either, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. So, like, I think we're just starting to, but like in modern day, Kate, like the only, we only really got that one scene where she ever actually even talked about him, um, which was in the episode where, where we first found out that he was already gone. And when she told Toby about her um, tradition of watching the football games with, um, you, you know, quote unquote, with her dad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to dig into this a little bit more. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested with where they're going. I think that... Um, I, I think that it's it's positive as much as my I've had my reservations about sometimes how they've approached Kate and um, her weight issues. Uh, yeah. I think this is this is a, a real and, um, you know, important direction for them to take this in. So I'm excited. So I am, too. I am, too. I'm trying to look at my printouts. I think I printed out the same page three times. Um, <laughs> for my notes, my notes are all messed up today. But that's okay. This takes us on kind of an interesting meander. Also gives us a chance to kind of recap whole sections of what was what had gone on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're, we're really starting to get, like, build up this 
um, like whole trajectory for each of these characters. I know. Yeah. Yeah. From a lot of different standpoints. Yeah. Um, I know, and, like, I don't know if you want to continue on, on what happens after that in this. Oh no, we can. When Kate goes back to the barn. Yeah. You know I mean, and she thanks him for like pretending to be a dick to push her back to class. Yeah. And he says, no, your voice is actually annoying. I just really am a dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, I hate you. Um. <laughs> well, then he do- he goes into oh. the whole sleazy thing, right? Oh, oh. Like, I'm glad you're staying. I think you're sexy as hell. I'm in cabin 13 when you're ready. Yeah. Like, right? She yeah. says, no, thanks. And he says, no, you don't understand. This is happening. And Kate's like, no, it's not. And you see her face. Her expressions were perfect through that. Because at the end, her whole yeah. face was like, ooh, are you serious? Ooh. You know, I mean, yeah. you see it on her face. I, so. I, I hope that they are not going in, in a direction of having that be accurate foreshadowing what he said to her. Because I just do not want to see that for for our Kate. I think she's better than that. Oh, for sure. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know that she would go there. I yeah. I. I mean, clearly they're bringing on this character, and um, you know, it was kind of an announcement when this actor was brought on the show. So I expect we're going to see him for at least a couple more episodes. But wasn't their announcement like he was going to be somebody supportive in her life? Yeah. And like, so far, we're not seeing that. But maybe, like, you know, like I said, maybe he really was pretending to be a dick to push her maybe. a little. But, like, what's with the hardcore come on? I don't know. Maybe he's like the psychologist for the place that he finds ways to get into their heads. I think you might be being overly creative. <laughs> <laughs> Am I? All right. All right. But you're right. I mean, by the, by the end of the episode, especially the first time, you know, the first watch through of it, I was like, oh, just get him off and done. Yeah, <laughs> you know, apologies to the actor. I'm sure he's lovely. Well, he did a great job of playing a heel, which is. He did. Which he did. is a talent. Um, it, I have it, to say, there's a picture of him and Chrissy Metz yeah. together that somebody posted, like, out of character, just actors on the set. Right. And they looked so cute together. Yeah. I could see them outside of the show. Maybe they could have a thing uh-huh. <laughs> as actors. But no, not on the show. Yeah. I'm not, sorry. That... Not not on the show, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the yeah. birthday parties, the birthday parties. Okay, first of all, and yeah, a lot of people posted about the crazy party stuff, like in just 12 hours. They like, yeah, like how did they pull parties. this all together? It was so, supposed to be the night before. Let's yeah. just say it happened by TV magic, since that's TV magic, the suspended, but the Department of Suspended Belief. Yeah. Here of this one for us. Um we see Sophia come in to join Kate's Madonna party, mm-hmm. which was really cute. Randall's party turned out to only be three friends. Right. Which Randall says the rest probably are not going to come. And he really doesn't care, except that he doesn't want his parents to be upset. Right. And of course, right? he has a whole bevy of friends for whom he's sort of holding court on the of course, people, of course, which he's trying to get him off. But of. Rebecca and Jack are freaked out that the kids at school don't like Randall, mm-hmm. so they decide they're going to go grab kids from the other two parties to like feed over to Randall's party. Uh huh. Was this the worst parenting idea ever? It, it's like the, they're so well-meaning, but like. <laughs> I know it. Well, I know just, it. Just they have no idea what to do. And, like, they, I think they just don't, like, and maybe it's impossible to, but I think they just don't see it from, from Randall's perspective. I was looking at um, some of the listed tropes for this show, and they were talking about how with Randall they're playing with the replacement goldfish trope. 
um, where like you know, the, the base, the the most basic version of it is like the kids, the kids goldfish dies and they go, they go, they run out to the pet store to buy a new one before the kid can realize that they're goldfish. Dies. Right, right. Um, but so this is like, you know, obviously this is on the level of you know still feeling like maybe he's a replacement child for the child that they lost. Right. Um, and like they never seem to see it from his perspective, and that like just. Doing something like, you know, grabbing his, like, siblings' friends to try and bring them to his party. I know it's just making it. I that know worse. It. It's and what's so cool is when they when she talks to him again about it, and he is okay. He's like, I have three really good friends. That's yeah. a lot. And they all came to my party. Yeah. You and know? especially, like, when we kind of see in contrast, like, he's actually kind of better set up than Kate in this episode. Because he, Randall's got three friends who are delighted to hang out with him and see right. the magician and be at his birthday party. Right. He, Whereas all the Madonnas. Are, yeah. <laughs> all the Madonnas deserted Kate to go to Kevin's party. Oh, uh, this, ev- like, I mean, everything that happens to Kate when she's little really kind of hits home for me in many ways. It does. Um, but it does. But this, and we should mention before we get into this that Jack has been kind of pushing to have another baby, right? At this point, so so that that was happening kind of at the open of the episode, right? Um, right. And then and he was it, sort of negotiating because their kids are ten. They're kind of getting beyond that cute little kid stage, and they're yeah. kind of yearning to still have that cute little kid thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And. For Jack, I think the real push came when he was trying to cheer up Kate in her little Madonna outfit sitting all by herself in her party room. Uh-huh. Right? And, um, and of course, Jack, best dad ever, is in there and says, I think your party was just too cool for them. Right. And gets her to teach him how to Vogue. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And then Kate says... You know, right now, I just want to be alone right now. Yeah. And and suddenly there's like this distance with him and daddy's little girl. Right. He can't cheer her up this time. Uh-huh. And that distresses him. I totally get that parent moment. I can remember the one time when Jenny was upset about something from school and I couldn't make it all okay for her. Yeah, it's like they just get to an age and, and yeah. mom and dad aren't magic anymore. Yeah, and it breaks your heart because you can't make it all okay for them. You know, it really does. Yeah. So I think that really threw Jack. Um, for sure. <laughs> and then you have like Kevin, a- Kevin is holding court, right? Totally. He's all dressed up. He's got his wooden sword. He's doing lines from the play for the girls. Yeah, and of course, everybody's just fawning over him. Yeah. Um, And we also had that reverse moment with um, Rebecca after having the conversation with Randall about how he's totally okay with just having three really good friends. Mm -hmm. Um, Where she she says to Jack, like, that she's reconsidering about having another kid because Randall's so amazing. Right, right. She says, yeah, I'll talk. Let's talk about having a baby. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because this, um, as I was reading, like, some of the tropes and stuff, it was reminding me of stuff from past episodes before we did this recording. Um, It reminded me about how there's kind of this thing where, like, Randall's sort of her favorite. Like, Like, she sort of gave him, like, all this extra attention. And even in the future, in that episode where Randall and Kevin were really like getting in a fight and like really competing with each other in the car. Um, Randall admits it. He's like, yeah, she did always pay more attention to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here, so yeah. here we have a kind of a callback to that in this episode. And I think it's because she sensed like Randall needed her more. Yeah. You know, like Kevin didn't need her. Right. Kevin was always like water off a duck over things. Totally. You know? um, at least he appeared that way. Right. He Except still, when he couldn't get his dad's attention. <laughs> yeah, he wanted his parents' attention. But yeah. at the same time, like, he would—he was always the popular one. He always made friends. He, you know, like, things just have been easy for Kevin, really, yeah. in a lot yeah. of ways. 
But then there was that adorable moment where they go back into Kevin's party. They're all sitting around watching the princess bride and Jack and Rebecca call Kevin over and say, hey, you know, Sophie is your sister's best friend. And don't you think you should maybe recommend that she go play with Kate? Mm -hmm. And he says, I can't, Dad. I love her. Mm -hmm. And that's when Jack stands up and he says, the whole thing, mm -hmm. the whole, the whole party, was about party Sophie. Yeah. And all all even, Sophie. Yeah. And even the whole plan that Kevin concoct, probably concocted this whole plan about three parties. And he yeah. easily convinced Kate because Kate will go along with anything that, that he wants. That's true in the future also for the right. most part. And and then Randall was sort of the one who was not as into it. But if he got his magician, he was like, eh, okay. He was cool. Yeah. Clearly it was something Kevin and Kate cooked up. Yeah. And, uh, like, and like, like you have a Madonna party because Sophie loves Madonna and she'll come. Right. I'll have a princess bride party because she'll want to come watch the princess bride. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and so then with that can then that connected back to the plot line where we have Toby and Kevin hanging out during this episode. Yeah. Which I really loved them doing the, the bro thing. Yeah. You know? I thought it was kind of cute. I thought it was cute too. And, and I, I, Oh yeah. my God. Toby was like totally blown away with Kevin's life. Right. I mean, he's like overwhelmed by Kevin's world. Toby says it's hard to believe we're even the same species. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, because, because like Kevin just kind of just shows up and does nothing. And, you know, girls want to come home with him and et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, right. And he, he starts telling Toby about Olivia and Sloan and he's wondering if he made the wrong choice. And yeah. Toby's like, well, you know, we can just talk, like, about your feelings. Uh-huh. <laughs> so funny. It was so good. And I loved it when Toby said, look, I'm I'm the king of romantic grand gestures. Yeah. Well, women th just fell at your feet because of your perfect Aryan body. I spent two decades actually doing nice things for women so they would fall for me right right i love how this is like i thought that that whole speech was kind of like a really um fun little like wink at us the viewers who have been <laughs> saying like oh you know toby's the most romantic you know etc etc um so and he knows it and then he gives you the backstory for how he got that way Right, right. That's how he got women, was making these huge, over-the-top grand gestures. Right. Um, and he does a pretty good job, because he says, pick a girl, I'm going to help you win her back. Right. And Kevin can't pick. I mean, he's still standing there, and so Toby has him close his eyes. And he says, okay, you've got 30 seconds to win her back. What three sentences are you going to say, and who are you saying it to? Right. And all of a sudden, Kevin opens his eyes and just looks really stunned. Right? Yeah. And Toby says, there it is. And Kevin's like, wow, you know, you're you're the man or something. Oh, well, you called him a stud. You're a stud. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, and this is the surprise moment because when we see them getting back out of a cab and Kevin goes up and knocks on a door Mm-hmm. And, and we're all sitting there going, oh, which one is it? Which one is it? Yeah, and it's like this unfamiliar woman. Uh-huh. Right? Um, which I guess we can go ahead and say it turns out to be his ex-wife, which, first of all, did we know he had an ex-wife? We did not, as far as no, I know. No, wait, we did. We did. Remember, was it in the premiere episode where he's on the phone with Kate and he's locked himself in his closet and he says she's pissed. She's throwing things out there. Was that his ex-wife? No. All right. <laughs> it was a girlfriend must have been. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. He. Um. Because because in this in this episode they tell us that she hasn't spoken to him for twelve years. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because she says for 10 years, I don't see my ex for 10 years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think it was 12 or it might have been 10, but but something along that line. So now we know that Kevin was married 
And right. he's married to Sophie, who was um, one of Kate's friends from school that he knew growing up. Right, um, right. It was Kate's best friend. And and that I think we can presume that they got married very young and, yeah. you know, were divorced 10 years ago, which is in their mid-20s. They were already getting divorced. Mm-hmm. So, but clearly Kevin was never over it. Right. So he just realized he was never over it. Yeah. So, and the three sentences he says was, I was head over heels in love with you the moment I saw you. Mm-hmm. I never should have let you get away. You were like a part of me, like my arm. I lost my arm for over a decade. I want my arm back. Yeah. I never stopped thinking about it. And he's talking to her in um, screenwriter code or something because he's like doing the commas and dot, dot, dot and all that stuff. Yeah. Right? Um, so, so, yeah. So now we kind of have this um, sort of surprise moment where maybe we get an idea that his flitting from woman to woman is about more than just being an egomaniac. Right, right. And this is like the most real I think I've seen him be. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, she she won't let him come in. He says, you know, invite me in. She said, no, I, I can't do that. But she does agree to talk to him about it sometime. Yeah. And then we see we see him after the scene getting a text from her that just says where in yeah. reference to his offer to like get together and have coffee or whatever. Right, right. And right before the text, we get a little flash because he's in the cab thinking about that birthday party that he had for her, the right. Princess Bride. Right. And that afterwards when the parents find them all fighting with the crumpled up paper and they go down to throw paper and... and have a ball with them. Kevin picks up a card off of his birthday table and it's from Sophie. And the card says, love Sophie. Right. Yeah. So I think I made the Sophie connection before that, but the show at least made it blatantly obvious to us at that point that yes, this is the same Sophie. Yes. This, yeah, for sure. For sure. The show is telling us this is that Sophie. And right. and we now know that um, they were they loved each other from you know childhood from when they were ten years old, and they they married probably fairly young I think it's fair to assume, and yep. um, divorced when they were in their mid twenties. Yeah, yeah, sounds like a right timeline to me. Yeah, the only thing we didn't finish with was William and Randall, did we? Uh, right. So so let's follow back up with them. Let's follow back up with them because we see William now shopping for some way cool sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he says, really like designer kind of sunglasses. Yeah, they were they were kind of some awesome sunglasses on him. Yeah. Um, and then he says, no, wait, I there's another stop. I need an egg cream made with Fox chocolate syrup. Yeah. I love that Randall said he had, he had the perfect face for sunglasses because it did kind of seem like each pair he tried (laughs) on was amazing. I think so. I think so. (laughs) Um, so then finally we see them in the car, they're driving. He's got his sunglasses on. He's holding this drink and Randall says, why after we went to three different soda, counters before you could find fox chocolate syrup right are are you not drinking it and he says it's it's not time yet Mm -hmm. (laughs) gets him to pull into a parking lot and then tells him he wants to drive his car and to my surprise randall right away says sure maybe randall just wants to like get through this whole thing like what the hell is going on i need to get back He's just to get back to work, you know? Yeah. You just get the sense that he's like along for the ride. His dad has just taken him to three different egg cream places to try and get the right one. And he's just like, yeah, whatever. Fine. Yeah, fine. We'll trade places in the car. But then William starts telling him about uh, the music shop. Right. And the owner, Mo, and how Mo would be so cool driving up in his black Cadillac with his favorite tunes playing and his grape soda mm-hmm. right and his shades and his shades and he says i have always wanted to it just for one minute be like mo yeah and 
William's like, all right. Yeah, he wants to be like Mo. He wants to drive a hot car listening to his favorite tunes with his favorite drink in his cool shades. Yeah. So Randall, by now, totally gives in, totally gets it. Mm-hmm. Buckles his seatbelt, says, okay, let's go. And that's when William says, I can't drive. Right. <laughs> I don't know how to drive. Uh, so it was kind of really a touching wrap-up to that with Randall teaching him to drive. And we see them cruising the parking lot, like driving around and around in that same park at lot parking yeah. lot. Yeah. This is William's bucket list. Right. Clearly, Randall's not going to make his work deadline, but... Yeah. I you know. I actually did. I actually liked this plot by the end of it. I just wish that they had given us like a hint as to what was going on by like maybe they could have had him check off like a more minor bucket lifts thing at the b- before we started on this whole odyssey to get the sunglasses and stuff. So we might have had like some kind of clue what was happening before we already like missed most of that storyline. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I don't think they wanted to make it obvious to us because it wasn't obvious to Randall. Yeah, I guess right? we needed we needed to feel Randall's discomfort with this whole thing. Like, this is my lunch hour. I got to get back to work. And now you're going to make me go to three different places. I kind of got a hint of it anyway, Rachel, when he said he wanted an egg cream and it has to be Fox chocolate syrup. Yeah. And I kind of went, oh. He's really like, this is, I'm dying and I'm going to go do all these things for one last time. I didn't know it was something he had never done before that he was trying to put together, but I kind of got it. It's like, if I knew I was going to die, there's a specific ice cream that I would go buy right away and say, I don't care if I gain another five pounds, I'm eating this. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I, 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 I did like the idea of it. I just felt like there was something about it that was a little sloppy for me. Yeah, yeah. I do think, and that's not that I have any magic insight as to what the season brings or what the writers are doing, I think that we are going to lose Williams soon. I think so, too. They're really building up to that with him being so chipper and feeling so good off of the chemo. Yeah. And starting to want to just, you know, do the things that he's always wanted to do. I don't see they're going to draw that out much longer. Like, it's not like we're going to get a bucket list item in every episode. No, I don't think so either. I think, um, I think for sure by the time that we wrap the season, um, if not sooner, then um, things are going to start going that way. I think so, too. I think so, too. So some of the feedback I saw out there on the internet was, oh, there's somebody who is totally politicking on that This Is Us group for Kate to actually be Miguel's daughter. That's such a, that's a, that's a weird one. That's a weird fan theory. Isn't that a weird, bizarre thing? Because like they're, they're they're twins. They're twins. I know, but they're not identical twins. They're only paternal twins, which I suppose that could happen with two different fathers. Oh, come on. It's Self-married at that point. And Rebecca ha- Don't you watch daytime soap operas? Yeah. <laughs> I, but, on. you know, I think we're not going to see this as a plot point unless they go for like 10 seasons. And they have to find a story arc somewhere. Even then, even then, come on. I know, I know. It really is quite a stretch. Yeah. Quite a um, stretch. Yeah, that's that's a wacky one. There, I saw a, a long conversation about the, the clips that we got of Jack's funeral. Um, right, I and, saw Yeah, about, like, why were they outside when clearly he's been cremated um and i thought that was odd i mean if his ashes were going to be interred i could see them maybe having something at the cemetery i don't know if they'd have it outside though we know his ashes weren't weren't interred because because Kate, kate has them right um so so yeah and then and somebody did point out that we didn't actually see any gravestones in the scene that's true 
So they could have just been doing the memorial outside, like, and the outside of the funeral home or whatever. But but it, it you can but you can see a mausoleum behind them. I know, or behind the preacher guy. And I think somebody said at the, at the beginning of this when Kate is doing the memories, she's seeing headstones first. So it could be just a corner of the cemetery where they're doing this outside. It's not where anybody is buried yet. Yeah. I mean, not every inch of the cemetery has graves and headstones. Um, yeah, but I agree. It was it was a strange thing that it was outside because generally when someone's cremated, it goes back to the funeral home. Right, like they'd be inside for for something like that, especially because yeah. and like maybe if they were gonna bury the ashes, but like we know that they didn't. We know for a hundred percent sure, and it's a right. major plot point in the show. Yeah, yeah, they didn't. And if they don't inter the ashes, the ashes go back to the funeral home. Right. So that's where they would have had, you know, if yeah. there was any kind of memorial, it would have been in at the funeral, at the funeral home, home, not at the. Cemetery. So I could be wrong, but I didn't see anybody, and it was a long thread. I didn't see anybody say, "Oh no, we did it that way for you know." Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't either. So yeah. I I suspect that um, there was some sort of like you know TV filmmaking reason why they wanted to shoot it outside. Yeah. Um, or like maybe they just thought that and as a flashback you wouldn't understand it unless they were in that particular setting. In a, yeah, in a cemetery or something. Yeah, but like they showed the urn in the fl- I don't know. Sometimes I know. like I, I guess mostly I, somehow with most shows I feel like I, maybe you just don't dig in this much or maybe they just don't have like this kind of complicated timeline where you're always you're finding out about things that in the past but that you already have a lot of information about in the future so all the details have to line up and we kind of notice when they don't yeah um or there's a there's a a very good reason for this and we're just not going to see it until the future episode perhaps so um i i definitely think we're not going to get the full view on jack's funeral for a little while yet i don't want us to <laughs> I don't want us to get a full view on that for a while yet. Yeah. I mean, I do I I do want to know what happens kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like, you know, there is that angle on it where I'm I'm curious. I'm going to I had like in my mind it was a heart attack, but like I feel like if it was, they would have made a bigger deal about that around the thing that happened with Toby. Right. So now I'm feeling like it's probably not that, and I'm wondering. There's so much speculation going on. Was it an accident? And that's why why I think I would rather it just be shown now. (laughs) People are talking about, oh, maybe they were all in an accident together, and Jack and Miguel's wife were killed at the same time, and you know, just all this (laughs) stuff. And I'm going, wow, people really are expanding this. People have have their creativity, man. Um, I'm almost sure they won't do that one. Um, But it's fun. It's fun to see everybody speculate. I mean, that's half the fun of having a board that you can discuss this stuff on. Yeah, for sure. Um, So, so I am kind of eager to just know the answer to that question. I'm hoping we're going to get an episode soon and I haven't watched the preview for the next episode um, yet. So I don't know what's coming up for us. I don't know if you have. I haven't either, no, because I taped it and it cut off the preview from the end. Yeah, sometimes I, I they don't show them on Hulu, which is where I watch the show, but mm-hmm. sometimes they actually run ads for the next week's episode on YouTube videos, and I end up seeing the preview that way. Okay. Um, but but I haven't I I haven't had like any time for that this week. I haven't even watched YouTube this week. Um, so um, I I don't know what's coming up for us. I'm hoping. That sometime soon we're going to get an idea of, like, what's going on in that, like, 90s era for them more. Yeah. Um, I don't know now. Because you know what? I think there's 18 episodes for this season. And we're only at episode 13. So I think there's still five more weeks of shows. Right. And yeah. I don't think if they're going to show us how Jack died, I don't think that's going to happen until the end of the season. That's probably going to be like something they do in a finale episode. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think I, so too. Cause I, once they reveal it, I mean, then what do they do for the finale? Right. Um, I, I definitely think that they're going to hold that, that they're going to hold that back for us for, for until the end of the season. Yeah. Um, I think but, so too. but I am certainly curious what it's going to be. I am curious to find out more about, you know, the state of Jack and Rebecca's relationship towards the end of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, hoping showing us some of that stuff is coming up. Um, plus, I'm also I'm 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 actually, despite my disdain for this new character, I'm actually interested where to see where they're going with Kate at this retreat. I know it. I know it. Hey, we did get an email with feedback. Yay. 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 And it was on this show. It was like current feedback. I was so excited. Right. Guys, you guys send us feedback. Totally. <laughs> said Joanne at com. Mm. com. Send us feedback. Cheryl Fox sent us an email saying, Dear Joanne and Rachel, I just found your podcast a couple weeks ago. I enjoy it a lot. I love This Is Us and wanted to give my opinion and observations of the last show three sentences. Mm. And she says, number one, I thought from the beginning that the kids were railroading Rebecca and Jack into the three parties. Mm-hmm. Did they do it in just two days? Real life doesn't come together that neatly. And I thought it was a bit unrealistic that they had three separate parties at once. Yeah. So did we, mm-hmm. <laughs> so did we, um, young Kevin telling his parents he loved Sophie was so much like my son, but I could also see Jack doing the same thing. Mm. Justin Harley, who played adult Kevin, seems to talk and act a lot like Jack. I'm sure on purpose, but I hear and see so many similarities. That's cool. I hadn't really picked up on that. Me either. But no, but once she said it, I said, you know, there is that kind of thing where like, like when he's when he we had that episode where he's talking to the girls about his paintings yeah, exactly. And that that there was this just sort of a jackishness to that, like a like a like he's kind of Jack is kind of a guy who is not afraid to like talk about his emotions and and really like say how he feels and talk about, you know, the tough stuff in life in a very open and vulnerable way. And I would mm-hmm. say that Kevin has that quality too. Yeah. And, you know, I looked back to kind of that same episode that you're talking about when he showed up at Randall's house and he immediately gravitated to the girls. Right. Mm-hmm. And they were thrilled. It was like, you know, their their uncle Kevin is one of their favorites. Right. OK. And the way he interacted with them all through that episode was very Jack like. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and I think, um, you know, he. He seems to also have like clearly Jack loves children and connects with children very well and very easily. Mm-hmm. And he and Kevin seems to have that quality too. Right. Right. Um Cheryl also writes saying Kate is a hard nut to really crack. I am on team Toby, mm-hmm. but the horse dude Duke will make for an interesting storyline. As they say, when you have what you want, more opportunities show up. Yeah. That is true. As soon as you're happy and glowing and secure in your relationship with someone, that's that is actually the moment when everybody hits on you. Yeah. Yeah. Is that true? I don't think that ever happened for me. (laughs) It was totally true for me because I remember I I remember like people saying this to me because um, when I got when I started going out with my very first boyfriend when I was in high school um and not to be too salacious but I was a freshman and he was a senior which was a little like oh my gosh like like (laughs) they were like basic practically bringing us into the principal's office being like um and like I had I like all throughout middle school, I had always had crushes on boys and none of them ever liked me and blah, blah, blah. But as soon as I got into the, this relationship with this guy, then like 
then like another guy like started being into me and it was like so weird that way that um it's kind of like as soon as you know you got it then that's when people are like i need to get what what she's got i need to get involved with that right right so that's what Cheryl was saying. When you have what you want, more opportunities show up. Rains it pours, right? Maybe because you stop looking desperate, all of a sudden, you know, yeah, now you're all exactly. confident. You're all confident of yourself. Yeah, it's something. It's something that we um, talk about a lot within our sort of shared group about having that attitude of not needing it. Right. Actually, and and the more you pull away, the more people will tend to chase you. Um, mm-hmm. Where when you're desperate, nobody wants anything from you. Yeah, true. So true. So then Cheryl says, Randall, so proper and matter of fact, even as a kid, he knew the score between his real friends and those of his schoolmates. Yeah. He understands the rules and where he fits in. Mm-hmm. It's a little sad, but I think being in this family helps him let go some, especially with Kevin. Yeah. I mean, I think um, we're, I think there, there's many opportunities where they show us what an exceptional human being Randall is. Um, mm-hmm. But... Um, for for sure, he's special, and a lot of people could have um, reacted really differently in the the environment that he was brought up in, and right. um, you know responded to things that were that happened to him in life very differently. Um, but, but the way they write him, with the way they write him as a ten year old, he seemed more grounded than the way they write Randall as an adult. As an adult, he has a lot more anxiety. Yeah. It's interesting. As a kid, he almost has, like, William's wise owl quality. Yes, exactly. He's laid back like William as a kid. Yeah. And but adult Randall, no. And it's what Cheryl says. He's so proper and matter-of-fact. Right. Um, so, so it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see if, um, through the, his connection with his dad, Randall can kind of relax back into himself a little bit. Could be. It looked like it in the parking lot, huh? Right. Because they were, as they were driving in circles and, you know, kind of ribbing each other and laughing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Randall had finally loosened up, forgot about, I have to get back to work and, and get that assignment done. Yeah. So then Cheryl says, I can't wait to see more and keep your podcast coming. Thanks, Cheryl Fox. Thank you, Cheryl Fox. We will keep the podcast coming. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for your compliment on the podcast. We love hearing from you. And um, we want to hear more feedback from you guys. So if you're listening, we will talk about your feedback on the show if you send us some. Yep. Um, and Cheryl, Cheryl, you can send us feedback every week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have good observations. You have a guest spot on the show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the little feedback on each show. Yeah. So, um, oh, this has been fun. Yeah. This has been fun. I don't know what we're in for next week. Neither one of us have seen the preview. Probably our listeners have seen it. They know. Yeah, probably probably they do. So I have no idea what we're in for, but I'm excited. Um, and uh, I think we're gonna see some interesting developments as we as we start to head towards you know the, the really into the like you know back nine of of this first season of the show. Yeah, yeah. So true. Okay. Well. Thank you, Rachel. Oh, thanks, Joanne. (laughs) And for the rest of you, let's keep it real because this is us.